A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone. You're about to listen to a beautiful chapter on heartbreak from Vanessa's new book, Praying with Jane Eyre, which is on sale now. Vanessa, what should we listen out for? This chapter is about how Jane, at one point in the novel, breaks her own heart. And I think that this is something that we should all practice. This idea that Jane talks about in the book, I can live alone if circumstances require me so to do. We need one another and want one another, but also we are sufficient. And so that is what this chapter is about. So enjoy this chapter on heartbreak from Praying with Jane Eyre. Chapter 7 on Heartbreak I can live alone if self-respect and circumstances require me so to do. Chapter 19, Jane Eyre Jane gets herself a job at Thornfield Hall as a governess to a young French girl. It is here where she meets and becomes enchanted with her boss, Mr. Rochester. When I read the novel for the first time, at 14 years old, I fell in love with Mr. Rochester because I was supposed to fall in love with Mr. Rochester. I still love him, and I like to think that now it is, in part, for more complicated reasons. But partly, I think I still love him because I am supposed to. He is romantic. He is injured when we first meet him and it turns out that he has demons as well. He is brooding, moody, and complicated. He is exactly the kind of great, eccentric man that women are trained to endure and adore. The Dillons from 90210, the Jesses from Gilmore Girls. Damaged men with hearts of gold 
are the dream young women are often taught, and I am no better than my training. But Mr. Rochester also cherishes Jane. He is fun and full of life. He is a deeply loving man. He is generous and strange. He's a catch. Jane falls in love with Mr. Rochester, at least in part because he has two traits that she has never experienced in a man before. He is there, and he pays positive attention to her. Rochester's attention is not always kind, but it is acute. He looks at each of her drawings and paintings and does not compliment them other than to call them odd. He really looks at her. He does not, as Mr. Brocklehurst or her cousin John Reed did, look at her as something to dominate, an object to humiliate. He looks at her to try to understand and connect with her. Jane falls in love with Rochester in large part because he is the first man to pay attention to her in a real way, and that attention feels like the sun shining on her. She does not realize that his attention is also a fire that could consume her. And the more we get to know Rochester, the clearer it becomes that he is more than simply a man who is alive and noticing Jane. At the end of the novel, it turns out that Jane and Rochester can hear each other's voices on the wind while hundreds of miles away from each other. After that supernatural moment, they find their way back to each other and achieve perfect bliss together. Call it destiny or luck, I'd say it's more of the latter, but she finds a man who happens to treat her well and who is in many ways at least trying to be worthy of her. Patriarchy wants women to believe so many things about men. It wants us to believe that we need men, both to be happy in our everyday lives and to be accepted and respected by society. Along with many other untruths, it wants women to believe that men are scarce so that we are willing to compromise on them. One of the darkest open secrets that I live with every day is that I both love my life partner and am afraid I love him for the same reason that Jane loves Rochester. He's there and he pays attention to me. I happen to think with this particular partner, I, like Jane, got lucky, and we are well-suited in a more urbane way than hearing voices on the wind. But I happen to believe that just like Jane, it's only good luck that Peter and I are a good match. I might have chosen him anyway. Mama and Papa had been married for 59 years when Mama died. And for the last 10 years of Mama's life, Papa took better care of her than any nurse has ever taken care of any patient in the history of creation. But before she got sick, he cheated on her so shamelessly, he'd bring his girlfriend around for Shabbat dinners, family birthday parties, and even, most notably in my memory, for my older brother's bar mitzvah photo shoot. It was just the immediate family, 
my parents, my brothers, and me, and all three of my living grandparents. There should have been eight of us in the room, but there were nine. Papa's girlfriend, Mary, was also there. Papa called Mary his secretary or his friend, but it was an open secret that they were a couple. I had bought the secretary-slash-friend line until that day in 1993. But Mama and Anyu were not warm to us kids that day, which was out of character. They instead were huddled together, the two of them, whispering. They weren't speaking to Mary, and I don't think they were speaking to Papa. Papa was still affectionate and playful. I don't remember, but I bet I hugged and played with him, because he seemed to be the only adult there who was in a good mood. There was a lot of talking going on among the adults, but it was in Hungarian, so I didn't understand. But I suddenly saw Mary with different eyes that day, even as I stood wrapped around the man who had brought her. Mama threatened to kill herself at least once because of Papa's cheating. She threatened to cheat back at least once as well, flirting openly at a big, fancy event in front of all of their friends. But mostly, she just took it. She spent his money and held her nose high and took it. But then, around 50 years into their marriage, when Mama got sick, and Papa happened to be too old to cheat with too many women anyway, I imagine, he was a servant at her feet, a saint. I think many women have stories like Mama's or mine. Women have, for generations, stood by and had to endure as men did this public-private blend of disrespect. And the children like me have a legacy of watching a man be awful to a woman and not being told, look, I'm accepting this for complicated reasons, but you should expect more. Jane didn't even have a couple to look at and respond to an idea of. She had a story, uncorroborated by anyone, that had her uncle lived, he would have been kind to her. But she never saw it. She has literally never in her life been in a relationship with a man who was anything other than entirely abusive to her, like her cousin John and Mr. Brocklehurst. She only knows men as wanting to beat, starve, and humiliate her. And the only counter-narrative in her head is one for which she has no real proof. And so Rochester, dream man of all dream men, is alive, and he is not brazenly abusive to Jane. He talks to her and takes an interest in her. Of course she falls in love with him. Anyone in her circumstances would. Women who have been in relationships with men have had a series of secret conversations about men for centuries. We endure certain things, and then, once we admit in whispers to a friend what it is we are enduring, we find out that she is putting up with the same thing. We support each other as the disappointments come hitting home for us. Women are just a big group like my grandmother's, 
who happen to speak the same language and will hold each other by the forearm and give sidelong glances to men who should be ashamed of themselves but are not and are instead playing with their grandchildren. Love stories like Jane Eyre are part of the problem for many women. So the key is to read and reread the books until we realize that they are secret conversations warning us about good men. Jane Eyre is not about falling in love with Rochester. It is about how women need to be willing to break their own hearts in order to dispel the myths that patriarchy wants us to believe, in order to enter into a relationship that is worthy of us. The men shown to us in love stories like Jane Eyre or that of my grandparents are too self-satisfied and too cowardly to break our hearts entirely. It's patriarchy scripting the idea of a psycho woman. They do not want to break up with us because we are good for them. They hurt us and maybe cause us death by 18 trillion paper cuts. But patriarchy encourages men to never actually go through the technical heartbreaking themselves. And so Jane Eyre is a lesson in how to break one's own heart. My partner, Peter, and I had been together for five months when it became very clear to me that we could not be together. He never wanted to get married again or live with anyone again. He didn't want more kids. Then he suddenly started talking a lot about wanting to move back to Europe one day and, come to think of it, sooner rather than later. He would talk openly in front of me about a future that I was not in. I didn't make comments about it or discuss it with him. One day, he was dropping me off in the car, and I simply said to him, This is over. I won't change my mind. You don't want me enough. And I got out of the car. I then gulped for air and sobbed in public. I had broken my own heart, and it was one of the best things that I ever did. I didn't know what I was doing, and I did not calculate this decision. It was a crazed act of an exhausted, hurt person. It was a moment of clarity that I happened to seize upon rather than letting it pass. But I pulled off a ritual that I think is an important one for women who are enthralled by men who are raised in this ecosystem. The breaking of one's own heart. The expression is, if you love something, set it free. But I think we should change it to, if you love yourself, smash a relationship just once. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. For years before Peter, I was looking for someone, just about anyone. I would break up with people if I realized that I really couldn't stand them. But short of that, I was just on the hunt for female respectability, the right to have strong opinions about diamonds and school districts, and the right to be seen as wanted despite my waist size or because of it. God would only ever know. That day in the car with Peter, I decided I wasn't going to cajole or wait. I wasn't going to do what many women I know have done, give ultimatums and cry. I just broke my own heart and got out of the car so I couldn't take it back. And I learned how to do that from Jane. I picked one prayer from Jane Eyre that Stephanie and I had worked on together. It seemed a deeply female prayer, the prayer of the woman who was looking at a man whom she has chosen simply because he is there and paying attention to her. It is a prayer that I believe women have been saying to themselves since the beginning of time. I can live alone if self-respect and circumstances require me so to do. I need not sell my soul to buy bliss. I have an inward treasure born with me, which can keep me alive if all extraneous delights should be withheld. I can live alone, it starts. I can live alone. This phrase admits both strength and vulnerability. It is a clear statement of strength, reminding us that one is strong enough to live alone in this vast, endless world. But it is vulnerable in that it admits that one deeply prefers not to live alone. It is a reminder that we are all one catastrophe away from living alone, and that while that loneliness would be survivable, it would be almost unendurable, for it is not the way we are meant to live. I can live alone is a reminder that we are meant to live in communion with something. It is a reminder of why we read, why we gather, why we yearn. We can live alone. We should live in community. But if self-respect and circumstances require it of us, then by God, we can and will live alone. I can live alone is also a reminder that solitude is in fact endurable, and it must be, for it is inevitable. Solitude should be practiced. 
we will all lose friends and loved ones. We will all retreat into death, which is a lonely path. We should practice for this loneliness, and we should remind ourselves of our strength in the face of it by praying, I can live alone. Then the prayer continues, if self-respect and circumstances require me so to do. This phrase is a reminder that we live in a reciprocal relationship with the world. Our character, our personalities, come together with the outside world to make up our fate. Praying this line made me see it as a humble admission that we are not in control of our lives, of whether we will be alone or healthy or poor. We are born into circumstances that can give more breathing room to the possibility of self-respect or create a very limited opportunity for it. Our characters determine our fate. World forces determine our fate. Self-respect and circumstances, prayed as two interconnected concepts, remind us of our agency and our helplessness. I need not sell my soul to buy bliss. When I pray this line, I remember that there will be opportunities to sell my soul, to get quick fixes of something that will feel like bliss, to buy the new shoes I don't need instead of donating the money or saving it to go visit a faraway friend. And when I pray this line, I also remember that good things happen without my intervention. Bliss comes all the time without my compromising myself. Praying this line reminds me of hope. And finally, I have an inward treasure born with me, which can keep me alive if all extraneous delights should be withheld. This line, prayed, conjures an image of something divine within me. And it reminds me of that same sacredness in all others, everyone in this room, everyone I can see, everyone I cannot even imagine. This line moves me in its innocence and frustrates me in its lie, as if one's soul or sacredness is enough to keep them alive. It inspires me to help create a world in which it could be true, a world of plenty where one's sacredness would be all one needed. But this prayer is not uttered by Jane. Jane is already in love with Rochester when this prayer gets spoken. One night, his bed is set on fire by the awful Grace Pool, and Jane notices the smoke and saves Rochester's life. The two of them have an incredibly intimate moment together, in which Rochester holds Jane's hand and says to her, You have saved my life. I have a pleasure in owing you so great a debt. Nothing else that has being would have been tolerable to me in the character of creditor for such an obligation. But you, it is different. I feel your benefits no burden, Jane. And the next day, he is gone. While he is gone, Jane realizes that she is completely in love with him, and then she goes about systematically breaking her own heart. 
she finds out from Mrs. Fairfax, the housekeeper, that Rochester has gone to visit Miss Ingram, whom he is rumored to have a serious flirtation with. Jane does not write in her diary about how much she loves Mrs. and Pines for Rochester. She does not confide in her ward's nanny, Sophie, that she is in love with the master of the house. She does not write Rochester a letter of longing. Instead, she forces herself to draw Miss Ingram as beautifully as she can possibly imagine her, and then draw the plainest, ugliest version of herself that she can. She crushes her own heart. When Rochester returns weeks later, he brings a huge party with him, including the woman, Miss Ingram, who it is rumored he wants to marry. One night, when the entire party, including Jane, is gathered in the parlor, waiting for Mr. Rochester to return from an errand, a fortune-telling gypsy arrives at the door of the house. All of the rich people at the party have their fortunes told, but the gypsy won't leave because she says there is one more member of the party who she consents needs to be seen. Jane. Jane gets led into seeing the gypsy, and the preceding prayer is what the gypsy says that she can see in Jane's face. The gypsy is, of course, Rochester in drag. It is an incredible ability that Rochester has of reading Jane's face. He is right. Jane can live alone, and will if she needs to. She will jump out of a car once she realizes that hear and paying attention are not enough. But Rochester is able to see this in her before she has to act on it. Disguised as a woman, Rochester, the most self-indulgent man to ever be written about, is able to see that Jane would be willing to walk away from him if she had to. Now, in fairness to Peter, this trip where I broke up with him for talking about a future that I was not in was not a normal trip. We were visiting his dying mother. I thought I was seeing a truth in his moment of crisis, not a blip. And I thought it would be cruel of me to be disingenuously by his side for such an important part of his life. So I got out of the car and cracked my heart in half, picturing his beautiful life without me. Back in Europe, unmarried, unmarred, again and again in my head, to convince myself that I was doing the right thing. Not that I was engaging in an act of self-loathing, and not that I had broken up with a man I loved and cared for while his mother was dying. Being heartbroken is a gift. It is an acute pain that passes. And women should break their own hearts at least once to prove to themselves that they will not settle for here and paying attention to me. Peter and I got back together four months later when I realized that I did not miss a man, but this man. He was truly the first man I was willing to walk away from and the first I wanted to return to. And the willingness to walk away was so important to me. It means that I know that if he ever breaks my heart, I will survive. 
if he brings his mistress to our grandchild's bar mitzvah, I won't have to simply hold on to my in-law's arm. I will be able to say, we're done here. My grandmother, in the last years of her life, could not have lived alone. That is the brutal truth that women have known. Many women, when the moment was right, poisoned their husband's beer or otherwise found a way to get away. But the years of malnutrition caught up with my grandmother when she was in her early 70s, and her back crumbled. She had cement put in and rods, all for naught. She once held my hand as she collapsed onto the dining room table, putting her head down like a scolded child in the second grade, and smiled at me. I asked if she was okay, and she whispered, no. Nations collapse and attack us. Storms flood us, and bodies break. We need each other. That's why I really think it might be best to break our own hearts, to prove that we can survive anything, and then still love the cause of our heartbreak, whether that be a friend, a sibling, a daughter, or a lover. We need community, and we need to remember how strong we are on our own. We have to be willing to walk away from someone for our own sake, and we have to be willing to go back for the same reason. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.